Jeff Outgilbert. Welcome to my home, my game room in my home. And tonight I'm going to talk about, I don't want you to know this, and I'll explain that in a minute. And this is really Q&A night, Friday night. So we'll see if, if anyone has a question tonight. If not, that's totally cool too. It means I'm going to have a short video. But anyway, it's great to be here. And for those of you that do not know me, I've been in network marketing 41 years Started 28 years ago, though, taking it seriously, and sold a junk truck to get started, and went full time ever since. If you have to work, there's no place like home. So I'm gonna, you know, I began my day today doing a Zoom call with leaders in Thailand. So Thailand is a very interesting country, and um, and so. Companies, when you have an international presence, that is, in a company, you know, they'll go through changes in management, general managers, office staff, things like that. And some of them are not, what can I say? They don't have a, sometimes a very good emotional IQ. And I've said this before on my lives that people will join you for money, but what keeps them is being valued so in other words if you want to keep leaders with you you have to value those leaders you have to show it in action in the way that you treat them and uh, and sometimes you know when you have corporate leaders who've never built teams before <clears throat> so the only thing they've ever been involved in is management of some type whatever they do that doesn't necessarily give them that 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 skill of emotional IQ. To them, it's a job. To them, it's like you you know you you can fall into treating uh, leaders. Some want to call them distributors. It's an old archaic term for network marketing members. But anyway, treating them like employees, you can't do that. You can't treat your leaders who build the company, who sponsor people, who create the millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, of business, you can never treat them like employees. Big mistake. And yet, that's a common thing with actually many companies. And so that, that part where they, they, they fail to see the need to recognize leaders and then understand they're the very reason that created the business that gave them the job. Uh, and so anyway, so just, you know, this morning, just having a, a Zoom call with uh, some leaders in Thailand, and that was the very problem is because they had new, uh, new corporate leadership and never built teams really that they don't understand uh, the emotional side and and one thing about people if you've never worked internationally uh, people in Thailand are very emotional people they're very emotional people so you 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 always want to treat them with respect and love and things like that and I always enjoy getting and and, and, and I listened to all of them as they bounced, they voiced, because some of our corporate people was on that Zoom, 
and I just listened to the whole thing and how they voiced things and they voiced it very strongly. And, uh, and then finally, then I was the last one to speak. And, uh, and that's the thing, you know, and the one thing that, uh, you know, that, that I talked about was the importance of making sure that the leaders are treated as very special people, because if they're not, they'll go to companies that understand this. Yeah. But as far as you goes, <laughs> you, it's really true in your team. And I'll tell you, you guys, you men, understand that women are very, you know, men are emotional too, but women especially. And, and so most important to be able to recognize that very reality that your leaders need to feel valued, valued at all times. You do that, treat, treat them like rock stars. That's what I, treat them like rock stars and they'll stay with you. They'll stay with you. And I'm not saying be phony because I titled this, uh, I titled this what I don't want you to know. And that had to do with sometimes that when you, when you have, when you, let's say when you're going to work your warm market, that is contacts, people that you know, and you join your, you know, you join a business and you're in a network marketing company, but some of the people that you've known, you haven't talked to in years. And so you're making the phone call. What should you do? Well, I, I let me give you some advice. Catch up first, get back later. Catch up first, get back later. Catch up first in the sense, catch up on what's been going on in their life. And let that be the real reason. Not a bait and switch. Where I want you to believe that I'm really interested in what's been going on with you, but the real reason why I'm calling is I want you in my business. I want to prospect you. It won't go over too well because if, if, if that's the way the conversation is, is that you're catching up and then finally at the end you say, Hey, but I want to talk to you about something. Ah, oh, that's the reason why you call me. That's the real reason. You just didn't want me to know. How do they feel about it? It's very disingenuous, isn't it? So what I would recommend is catch up, get back later, catch up, talk to them, see how they're doing. And then at a later time, at a later time, get back with them and, and then be direct about why you're calling. And they'll respect that. But for sure, catch up. I'm not talking about endless rapport. I'm just talking about, hey, put some grease in the wheel, okay? It's relationships. This is very relational, right? Emotional IQ with people. Put some grease in the wheel, make them feel special, and, uh, and then later, on a different call, then talk to them about your business. And, George, and if you got a question you wanna ask me on Friday night, this is, that would be it. Oh, let's see, George sent me something, let's see. I don't always see the comments and that's why. And so Terry, oh my, my, Terry, that's an interesting last name. Uh, Morchelle, I think, almost sounds French. She says, I know the money in this business is in recruiting, but I don't want the responsibility of training them. 
How do I get past that? Okay, so uh, yeah, it takes a lot of time uh, to train people. So you want people to be system dependent, not people dependent. The problem, again, it becomes a nightmare when you have so many people coming at you. And yeah, you can always give them the answer. You can always spend your time training them. Um, but yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of time. And so here's the thing. Um, if you haven't done that, and what I recommend, Terry, is, is I don't know how long you've been in your company, but, um, but talk to your upline and see what training systems are available. The best thing you can do is direct them. Be a tour guide. You know, say in room A, you'll find this. In room B, you'll find that. Okay. Um, that's the best thing that you can do is, is direct them to, if they have a question, let's just say the onboarding, the onboarding, because you're talking about training. Let's say when you, you have a new person that's come on board uh, and they want to know what they need to do, you can tell them what to do, but that's not duplicatable because most people are not going to want to do that because you're saying you don't want to do it. And I understand that. So if you have a video, an onboarding video, hopefully it's short, what you do is say, hey, I'm so happy to have you in the team. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to check out this video. This is your homework assignment, okay? It's not long. And do what that video tells you and then get back with me and tell me how it's going. Because if they don't get back with you, that means they didn't do their homework assignment and they're not executing those simple steps that you asked them to do. If you don't have a video like that, create one. So if I just joined under you, what do I have to do to make money this month? You know, what do, what do I do? Give me some simple action steps that I need to take. For example, is there a PDF I need to review about the product or a video that I need to review about the product? Get familiar with the products. What are the action steps that I need to take to make money? So in the onboarding video, it's just a few simple assignments. You don't want to overwhelm them. Few simple assignments. It's in a video. You direct them to that video. You can send them the link. Okay, and, and again, keep in mind, they're gonna do what you do to them. They're gonna do that to others, which is what you want. That's called duplication. So then because she saw that you did it that way, when someone comes to them and says, what do I do? They're gonna say, well, I remember what Terry suggested. I'm gonna send them the link. So here's the link, follow that video, listen to it. It's very short. Do the homework assignment, get back to me within a week on how it's going, on how you're executing that, the results you're getting. And there can be other videos that cover other things as they progress. If your upline does not have that, you can create it. The nice thing is you create it once and you're done. You do the work once and you're done. And that's really what network marketing is about. It's about doing the work once and then getting paid on it for a lifetime. So 
and it does work that way. That's a good question. Let me know how that goes for you. And then, um, um, and then Susie Martinez asked a question. And by the way, um, you can you can post uh, a question. This is question night, right? So, uh, and then George will screenshot it, and then I'll tr do my best to answer. Hey, Newt in Thailand, how are you? Good to see you. And uh, so Susie Martinez, in, she asked the question, who should we invite to the company's convention? That's a good question. So when you have a convention coming up, um, you know, interesting thing that a statistic I heard that for every person that you get to convention, it's worth $1,000 in annual income for you. Yeah, that's been statistically proven. For every person you get to convention, it's worth $1,000 of annual income. So it's definitely worth it to get people to the convention. You know what happens with most people is they'll go to the convention, they won't do the invites or encourage their leaders to attend it, and then they're at convention and then they're thinking, oh, if only so-and-so was here to see this. If only so-and-so was here to, to hear this. Oh man, I should have had so-and-so. No, no, we need to think about that before convention. So you promote, the, and keep in mind, when you build your business, you build your business around events. When the event is over, you promote the next event. And that can be Zoom calls, virtual calls, whatever. Even if you're taking your team to a Tony Robbins UPW, you know, unleash the power within, uh, then that's the next event, okay? But build your business around events. But going back to the convention, that's the very thing that you want to do. And then tell your leaders how important that is. Say, hey, you, do you understand for every person you get to a convention, it's worth $1,000 of annual income to you? So that's, uh, you get a, a big enough team to convention, that's a lot of money. And that's the reason why you need to definitely get your people to, to events. It's a little different right now with virtual events. I get that. I really do. I miss getting together physically with people. I think it's a blast. I love it. Uh, you know, just, oh, I miss that. I do. But virtual events are very important. They're very important right now because it's the only thing we really can do right now. And, you know, even traveling right now, as much as I love to hop a plane and fly to different parts of the world and, and do events, those countries aren't allowing that right now. So all the more reason why you need to really push and get people on virtual events. Um, but when you ask the question, who, should, who we should invite, it would be anybody that is willing to build a business. Anybody that's willing to take your business seriously. But again, you need to take the lead in that and you gotta get your leaders on board with it too. Say, hey, hey, do you realize for every person you get to that convention, it's worth $1,000 of annual income to you. So yeah, it adds up to a lot of money. So, um, and then let's see if we have another question here. Um, we do. This is uh, from pa uh, Paula Hernandez. Uh, she's from Mexico, the country of Mexico. 
She said, um, at, I, um, I have a hard time relating with people through Facebook. How can I do it? <laughs> hey, I'm not laughing at you. I just, I, I understand it. It's okay. Um, you know, do it differently is what I would do because most, most people aren't doing Facebook correctly. They never have. Uh, this is supposed to be a social media platform, but there's nothing social about it. In other words, people want to just, you've got all these fake people that have these fake profiles. I, I couldn't tell you how many beautiful, sexy girls are sending me these friend invites all the time, you know, and it's probably kids in Nigeria, right? Young boys in Nigeria, just weird stuff. Anyway, so make sure that you are dealing with real people when you add them to your network. But, uh, but here's what I, I say, be different, be social. And the people that you add to your network, make sure that they wanna be different and they wanna be social. That, that's very important. So if somebody sends me a friend request and then I, I will accept it if, I, if they meet my criteria of what I'm looking for. And that has to be, are they active in you know, Facebook? Are they active? Um, and then, you know, again, they have to be real. Um, content, you know, I look at that sometimes too. But once I accept them, I'll send them a, vo a voice message, a voice message. Hey, John, hey man, I got your friend request. Thanks for reaching out, we're connected. Look forward to getting to know you better. If you don't mind telling me, John, what, what do you do for work, your career? What do you do? And then that, that's doing what? Getting the conversation going. That's called being social. So when you ask, how do I use, yeah, that you have a hard time relating people through Facebook, find people who are willing to have a conversation with you. If they're not willing to have a conversation with you, you don't want them in your face. Delete them. Get them out of your Facebook network. You don't want them there. Because the algorithm in Facebook will judge you as being unpopular if they don't engage with you. So it takes note of those things that when people give a like to your posts or comment to your posts and also how you do it, do you engage and then for example, on this Facebook Live that I'm doing just now, you'll notice that when this live is over, I will engage with it. That is, I'll go back to people who make comments. I'm going to comment to their comment. That's what the algorithm is looking for. It's, you know, Facebook wants to see conversations going. Well, gosh, you're in network marketing. Why wouldn't you want a conversation going? You want to, do you want to do that? And then, so again, once you have, and how long do you do it? You stay present in the conversation. You know what really pisses me off is when somebody, you know, does it, they, they'll, they'll, they'll send me a, 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 maybe a message uh, and I'm talking to them about something and then they just disappear. And, and I'm like, and I'll message them. I said, uh, I thought we were having a conversation. Are you still there? <laughs> you know, oh yeah, 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 sorry, sorry, man, sorry, you know. <laughs> sometimes they get distracted, I know that. But sometimes they're so busy messaging, you know, 50 other people, you know, maybe trying to spam them about what they're pushing, you know, things like that. So the thing is, try to have 
or try to be present in your conversation with that person. And then once you have developed some, some kind of rapport, not endless rapport, I'm talking about that you put some grease in the wheel in the relationship, right? And then you can ask them, hey, uh, you can pop that question. Hey, I'd like to get to know you better. What, you know, And then see if they'll jump on a Zoom or do a video chat with you. That's really important because to see that person, but you know, it's, it's, it's like virtual reality, right? You're looking at that person in their eyes and you're having a conversation. It's pretty powerful, but think about it. You would do that anyway. I mean, if you, if you weren't doing Facebook and I know Spanish people are very relational kind of people, they're awesome. So you would have a conversation face to face with someone, right? You're going to look at them in the eyes, right? You're being very genuine in your discussion with them. Well, do the same thing in Facebook. And that is have the conversation. Then maybe on another conversation, see if they say, hey, I'd love to see you face to face. Do you mind jumping on a video chat with me? Say, do you use Zoom? Or if they have an iPhone, do you, you can FaceTime them. But have a visual face-to-face uh, -face conversation with them just understand these are tools but the tools will not create the relationship that is up to you to do that and you can do that so I know with some of our you know a lot of the Spanish friends out there they're very much face-to-face -face. I understand that adapt be willing to adapt, be willing to do things differently. Doesn't mean you can't get face to face with people anymore. Doesn't mean that. Just It just means right now because of this COVID pandemic, we've had some interruptions in that. So use technology, but just understand it's just a tool. Learn to like it in the sense that you can, you can have effective conversations with people. Face to face is always better than just audio because then they can see you. But you can do it. Uh, was there any more questions? Or is that all you guys had tonight? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Rocia says, I'm so bad. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, Clubhouse is that new app. And um, what I love about Clubhouse, it's nothing but conversations that's going on. And I had to get used to it. I had... You know, not been doing that for some time, and uh, because I was so used to messaging and and things like that, and then doing videos like this, and and see, I don't hear your voice, right? And then I'm in Clubhouse and I'm hearing voices. People are asking me questions, and I'm going like, "Oh wow, Felicia, good to see you. Hey, Micah," and I'm hearing voices and questions, and I'm like, "Wow, oh, this is weird, man. We're actually having conversations again." Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. We go through that. We go through that. So make the most of it. So it's been great. I think that's it, right? And no, no, no more tonight, man. You guys are, you're out of questions tonight. That's okay. That's okay. And uh, yeah, I like, Micah says, I love Clubhouse. I've benefited from that. It's an amazing platform. It's probably going to become one of the strongest platforms out there. Uh, you still... Uh, Su uh, Susie, you cannot get into Clubhouse. 
If you have an iPhone and you need somebody to invite you, let me know. I got some invites uh, left. Yeah, and I'll be glad to send you one, okay? So, everyone, have an awesome weekend, and I'll put out some value tomorrow. Love all you guys. Be safe in what you do, okay? I always like to hear good things happening with all of you. And, uh, hey, Danielle, bonjour, my French friend. It's been a long time. Good to see you. Uh, everyone, have a great weekend. Take care.